You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to On Deck right here on the Line Star app. It's me, it's Chris Meany, and it's Monday, a fresh set of games, a fresh week. I know a lot of you had a very emotional weekend between Avengers Endgame and Game of Thrones last night. Don't worry, no spoilers. I have a rule, and, and it's actually Chris Meany is involved in this rule. And Chris, uh, do you remember the on-target rule? I believe you were hosting with us when we had the, the three days for a TV show, two weeks for a movie before you can talk about it and spoil it. Were yes. you there for this? Okay. I was, yes. Do uh, you still support this notion? I do. I still support it. I, you know what? I'm so far behind in Game of Thrones, I, I don't even bother logging on to Twitter on Sundays, even though How like- How far have you caught up? I'm only like halfway through, so I have so much to catch up on that, you know what, even all the talk on Twitter, I probably wouldn't even understand it anymore. So are you on season four or are you? I'm on three, so I'm halfway through three. So I got some work to do and um, I'm going to hopefully have a chance to see the movie this week. So, you know, you and I can talk about it. I can at least. I'm thinking I might just go like on the weeknight. That's what I'm going to do too. Where yeah. I don't have the kids, and I'm kind of like, you know, maybe I'll just like go on random Tuesday night to end game. I can't imagine there being a lot of people there. I don't know. Like, I, don't know. Did, I, I would assume Tuesday would be a good day up here. That's like cheap night for us. So like, I'll have to avoid Tuesday. Like, I'll have oh to no, Wednesday. see, I, I don't think they do that here. I think everything is like you know, ten, ten, twelve dollars yeah. a movie or whatever Fair. it is. I I don't know. Like, oh, but it's it's true. This is the rule. So those of you who don't know what the rule is, because of weddings, because of family because of all this stuff you have three days to watch a tv show before i will talk about it on air and and ruin things for you three days that's what you get that's it period three days i think that's enough of a grace time films we give two weeks after two weeks of the opening of a big film we we talk about it that's it so i'm gonna try to see it in the next i'm gonna try to see it this week that's my plan i don't like to go see the opening weekend stuff i'm done with that meaning it's just too crazy it's i'm too old for this now yeah. You know, I remember going to midnight shows of Star Wars and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm freaking out and stuff. And it's exciting. Don't get me wrong. It's it cool is. in that environment. But I, I, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? I got a big TV downstairs. I just want to sit down and watch it. <laughs> it's <laughs> a good call. Infinity War until two weeks ago. <laughs> I swear to God, I just saw Infinity War. I'm such a loser. And I'm looking and I'm like, you know what? Eh, I know what happens. I, as soon as it ha- comes out, everybody spoils everything and all that exactly. stuff. And I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I'll watch it eventually. And it did not ruin my enjoyment of it at all. No, and, and same. Like, if, if I see it this yeah. week or it's early next week, I'm, I'm still going to be really excited. And I'm going to have a good time. And, yeah, I do a good job to avoid um, all the talk. But, yeah, well, that's a good rule. The memes. That's the problem. The me- oh, yeah, the like worst. Like, all the, all the memes of disintegration in the last one, all that stuff. I, anyway, I, we we're talking a lot about that. But, you know, like if you're a nerd and you play fantasy sports, chances are you're a nerd you like this stuff anyway. So what are you worried about? Stop complaining. It's a good all assumption. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's get to it. And let's first start the recap yesterday a little bit and the weekend. I hope you listened to the weekend show because if you did, you had Mike Miner in your lineup. And if you had Mike Miner, you got a lot of strikeouts, Chris. Yeah, you you really did. You you cashed in there for sure. Texas they had scored Seattle twenty nine to two on Saturday and Sunday. They had twenty seven. Talked hits, about that lineup runs. breaking out too. We said Mazara's got to break. There's some things going on there. It's got to go. Andrews was a guy we touched yes. on. Yes, 
for sure. Sinshu Chu is having um, a very solid start to the season. I believe he's hitting 330. He had a home run yesterday. Anders has been great all year. And, yeah, Mazzaro, I don't think he went deep. He wasn't in on the seven home runs on Saturday, Sunday, but he was getting on base and he was scoring runs. So they were and good. that's what you want. Like, Absolutely. you want to see that. You want to see guys just starting for to chip sure. away at that a little bit, which is a positive. You know, it was a good weekend for in terms of betting, you know, continuing to hammer Baltimore. I mean, they played uh, – or the other way, actually, hammering against Baltimore, Minnesota, you know, more runs. They have 45 runs in the last six games against Baltimore. It's happened all in the last 10 days. The, the Dodgers, the Pirates went up against three lefties in Rio, Hill, and Clayton, and the Dodgers got the sweep. Hammered Milwaukee against DeGrom. We were all over that, fading DeGrom on Friday. The same thing happened on Saturday against Syndergaard. So they were underdogs, road dogs. It was successful. And then, hey, we got to see uh, Vlad Jr. finally. I was at the game on Friday. A oh, lot, yeah. a lot of excitement. It, what? Yeah. it was. There was a lot of excitement. Every time he came up to at bat, everybody was standing up in the stadium. It wasn't That's as amazing. packed as you know the Rogers Center has been. The weekend was better. I wasn't there on Saturday or Sunday, but I tuned in on TV, and it, it, was a, it was a much bigger crowd at the Rogers Center. But Friday, it was it was electrifying and you know what he got the double to start the I think the 10th inning I believe yeah. the extra uh-huh. innings and you know they ended up pulling him for for a pinch runner but Which is that was for sure <laughs> and that was the lead run and actually you know what Joe a lot of people were ticked off they said listen the Jays are gonna win 14 games this year I want to see Vlad come around and score leave him in there but anyways yeah, but you don't want to see a hamstring doing exactly it. Like- <laughs> opening day like let's relax a little bit so oh, they, they pulled them they got the run they they bunted over they they walked off, and I think they walked off all three games this weekend against Oakland. So it was a good weekend that. for Jays fans. You got and, and you got to love, and you know what I love most about Vlad is his physique. You know, I know that's the knock oh, on him, but I want more yes. baseball players to look like him. What's he gonna look like in five, seven years though? I'm like, fat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people are already comparing him to Pablo now. I mean, usually you see a guy like that at this point of his age. What is he twenty? And you think, what is he gonna look like in five or seven? Well, yeah, like he's, he's got like to play third. third. He's got Miguel Cabrera's body type at 28. Right. Not Miguel Cabrera's body type at 20. And it's going to get worse. It is, but for now, you enjoy it. But I I want more guys to look like him because I feel like there's body types that I don't see anymore in Major League Baseball. No, you're right. And even 90s, you saw. And I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to keep pounding on this. And guys were on the field. I think think these guys work out way too much. I think they – I think baseball is a very taxing game on your body. I think a lot of the training that you're doing to look good and all this specific training and stuff like that actually has a lot of detriment to them because I think what they're doing is they're wearing out certain parts of their body and they're wearing things out and they cannot stabilize. I mean, I've seen more oblique injuries in the last five years and I don't care if these guys all have six packs. I want them to play six games a week. That's what I want them to get. All right. Uh, A couple other things from yesterday and the weekend too. We refused to get off of the Chris Bryant trade, and he got a home run for us yesterday. So Very nice. that's positive. So hopefully he is moving forward. Melky Cabrera is a guy we've talked about a lot. Oh, he yeah. He twice uh, yesterday against the Dodgers there, but uh, Yuri has still picked up the win. Uh, we went back and forth about the Flaherty and Sonny Gray. Remember, this was our coin flip of the day. And to be honest, we were both right. You were more right because Flaherty got the win over gray there but i mean this was our thing i was like i was on the sunny gray side you were on the flaherty side and you know just the two runs between the two of them in that game they were both great and sunny gray was great again you're right joe like he's just been good all year i believe me it terrifies me to say the words it's like a speech bubble in a cartoon outside (laughs) of my mouth where i just go why sunny gray you should start him and then i want to duck when people throw something at me but you can like right now you you just can uh 
a good uh, outing for Kyle Gibson who needed one. That's what the Orioles are for. Yes, <laughs> so for you, sure. you got that as well. You also got some uh, offense from Carter Keyboom, his second home run here. He's starting to look more comfortable. You got a home run from Soto, from Robles, another guy that we've talked about a lot, who just because he was hitting at the bottom of the order sometimes, it doesn't mean that's a problem. It just means there's an opportunity potentially, especially when he's hitting nine, the pitcher's hitting eight. So that kind of like flips the lineup in a different way. Um, and then, of course, you had the Braves, who another team that we talked about too, scored eight runs against the Rockies. A lot of offense in this one. Good to see Daniel Murphy uh, doing well here. Also, you see Ozzy Albies with two dingers, so that's a positive as well. And uh, look, you know, we got a lot to look forward to today. Uh, looking forward ahead to the Monday slate. We've got Milwaukee at home, which is always fun. By the way, have you seen Christian Yelich's split stats on the year home and road? Oh, my goodness. Because he's got a he's got a, a 1.811 OPS at home, and his OPS on the road is 757. That's a drastic – I mean, we're like real drastic kind of thing. You know, he's got like one home run so far on the road and, and what's a 13 or whatever else he's got at home. It's, it's pretty yeah, crazy. Just, yeah, you're right. Just looking now, hitting 417 at home with 13 home runs, 29 RBIs. He's walked 14 times. Yeah. And what's the home run in RBIs at, uh, on the road? And on the road, he has one home run and five RBIs. <laughs> I mean, he's hitting a measly 296. <laughs> well, look, now that he's back in Milwaukee, it's time to go crazy again. All right. So basically, until that straightens itself out in some way, I'm not touching this guy on the road. I'm not even like thinking about it because he's been so great in this ballpark. And well, there's no more opportunity for him here today. Not but sure. uh, let's, let's get after it and let's start with uh, what we got here on the slate. And I got to just tell you, just is not a hot take probably but this is a big cash game slate for me today because i do not love the middling pitchers there's not a lot of guys and like we used to talk we always talk about the 8k guys on DraftKings, chris you can put two together and have a really respectable pitching staff of around 1600 or something it's it's almost impossible to do that tonight and feel comfortable so i mean you've got to really have giant cojones to get involved i think tournament wise today i think it's cash games i think it's simple and i think it's all about getting the lineups right What's your take on this slate overall as you look at it kind of, you know, thousand feet in the air? Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty good call. I mean, you, you're top heavy here with some pitchers like Corbin. Uh, Wheeler is coming off a very strong start. And then you got Verlander. And then it's like, what, what else are you going to do there, know. right? Like nobody, you know, you can drop down if you want to the, the Dodgers and the Padres game. I mean, if you want to go Maeda against the, the Giants offense, it's, it's not, you know, spectacular you can you can go that route but i mean you're spending up at nine seven so it's it's i I, right now looking at the slate i don't have a good feel for like a low-end pitcher like none of them no i i don't either and and it doesn't mean you can't play tournaments it just means the tournament lineup that you're used to kind of us putting out there along with the line star app and the optimizer and everything we like to go through here on the program it's not conducive to that which means you might just take some of these cash game lineups that you have and you take the Verlander lineup and you throw it in a tournament. Yeah. <laughs> like you, I think that's, that's the strategy today. And, and you don't worry about it. And I think the trap is trying to get too cute. Trying to go Michael Walker against Washington, which I don't love. Trying to go no. Montas against the Red Sox, which I definitely don't like, which we'll get to in a second. And let's start here with Patrick Corbin and Michael Walker locking up here at 7 o'clock on the East Coast. Washington Nationals taking on the Cardinals in this one. Uh, Look, I'm of the mind today that I'm just willing to spend up for Verlander. I love the Verlander matchup so much, Chris, uh, against Minnesota because that team does have a ton of strikeouts in it where I don't see him not getting double-digit strikeouts, and I'm just not taking the risk. I just I don't care. Uh, are you somebody who wants to 
you know, diversify a little bit and maybe have Corbin in one or, or Wheeler like you talked about before? No, I, I, I definitely like Wheeler. I was very impressed with his last showing. And, you know, that's another team that we were in on, actually. You know, when we were talking about the recap is the Reds. They, you know, they had a great Friday. We said there was an opportunity to jump on some of their lower-priced bats, and they yep. went off. But even still for Wheeler, this is probably going to be his best – his easiest matchup. And I'm not saying it's super, super easy, but he's had to face everybody inside that division. And, you know, he struggled. But he's coming off a really good start, so I like that one. But, yeah, to answer your question, like Corbin, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend up on Corbin because I respect St. Louis's offense. They're a team that doesn't strike out a ton. Uh, they have some guys in there can, that can hit lefties. Paul DeYoung has been really good all season long. Jose Martinez is solidified now in that five spot. He checks in at a good yeah. value. He's been fine. Ozuna is looks healthy, tearing the cover off the baseball. Carpenter, well, with the leadoff, it's not super safe. It's just no, it's not. not. It's and 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 for Verlander, he's coming off an outing against Minnesota where he only allowed one run and he had eight K. And it, there's just a, a large sample there from him three starts in a row where he's allowed just one run in each of those outings and he's got almost 30k over that span 46 over 38 innings on the year so i agree i think spending up for verlander is the safest play you can roll him out in a tournament and then you know just fade corbin and what is a better offense that he's facing yeah and going back to the nationals lineup too on the other side of things Keyboom was at 3.7 on dk um adam eaton uh, even brian dozier who if we, you go in the optimizer in terms of return on investment uh, Dozier is one of the top guys there at second base, uh, potentially here in tonight's game. He's just 3.8. You could do the Dozier, Keyboom, Eaton, or Dozier, Keyboom, and skip every, you know, skipping the pitcher there and going even with Robles, who's 4.4, before you get into the real expensive guys in this lineup. Uh, and then honestly, you could even throw Matt Adams in there too, if, sure. if, you know, in the 4.3 in the discussion, because I feel like there's opportunity there always with Matt Adams with the power that he possesses. But this Washington lineup, tonight I think has some pieces that I want and I think what I'm doing tonight is a lot of duos it's a lot of I like Dozier and Keyboom in this lineup and I'm gonna go to the Dodger lineup and I'm gonna pick out I like Turner and Muncie in this lineup and I, I feel like though that's the way I'm approaching it it's like little pairings as opposed to full stacks just because of the way the pricing lays out and the way I'm kind of hamstrung because of how much I have to spend on Verlander yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I love the Adams call. Get a piece of, you know, what the the heart of that lineup right in the middle after Soto. I don't know if Rendon's going to play in this game. He only played one game last week with an elbow injury. Even still, uh, you know, that team apply total will drop down and maybe people will be off of the stack. I think that could be a mistake. Like, Waka has struggled with walks. 14 of them, five home runs. getting hit hard. The fly ball rate is hard. Uh, as of right now, the wind's blowing out to left. All right, let's uh, continue on here. Frankie Montas goes over with the A's to face Eduardo Rodriguez and the Boston Red Sox. Now, I am actually in on Rodriguez a lot, and people say, oh, he's 91. The ERA isn't great on the year, but I think you got to dig a little deeper here when it comes to Rodriguez. You see Mookie Betts hit a home run over the weekend. That's a good sign. I understand another loss for sale is not what everybody wanted yesterday, but look, it's, you know, just keep buying on him everywhere. Just, just, Just keep doing it, but... I want to point out with Erod so far, in the two starts away this year, excuse me, the uh, three starts he's had away, 13 innings, he's given up 23 hits, he's got a whip of 2.25 and an ERA of 9.45. In the two home games, 12 innings pitched, 15 strikeouts, three walks, a .63 whip, a 2.13 ERA. This nice. has not been the same guy on the road as it has been at home. He's at home tonight against the A's, a respectable lineup, yes, but on a night where I'm kind of a little desperate looking for an opportunity, that's the opportunity I want to take. And I'm going to be having a lot of Eduardo Rodriguez shares tonight. 
agree with you again. I mean, that's the guy, if you're playing tournaments and you're just a tournament player and you want to, you know, just fade Verlander in a couple, that's, that's the guy that I would go to. I wouldn't go up at Corbin. I would just fade him completely and then have some shares of Eduardo. I agree with you hundred percent. There's some upside there with strikeouts, uh, some good splits numbers there that you just mentioned. And Oakland just went into Toronto, you know, against a mediocre pitching staff and got swept and, you know, only scored a handful of runs. So uh, maybe they're in a little bit of a, a lull right now. They're struggling offensively. And for Montas, like, Gives up a lot of contact. Most of it's on the ground, but I, I got to give the advantage here to Boston and, and their offense to maybe even, you know, get a W for Eduardo. And, you know, he's, he's won two of his last three games, just getting into the fifth, getting into the sixth. You know, he's going to get you six or seven strikeouts. And, you know, Joe, he's, his last outing was really, really strong. I mean, only two hits allowed, one and run. Yeah, I, I think it's a no-brainer tonight, and I think that <clears throat> Montas is the kind of guy that they, he should get hit around a little bit by that Boston lineup. That Boston lineup will, will – yeah. Everything will write itself eventually. It's just about May now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're almost there, boys and girls. Yeah. We're, oh, we're so close. We're so close to the May. The hangover was a good six weeks long. <laughs> be well, you know, it happens sometimes. You know, oh, teams experience a lot of success. You win 100-something games. You win the World Series. You start – you forget the edge that it takes to win on a daily basis a little bit. <clears throat> that could be some of sales issues too, you know, be pushing hard through an injury last year. I mean, that could be some of the issues as well. I mean, yeah, overcompensating. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things just getting a new contract, trying to live up to the money. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that. Uh, Tanner Rourke and the Reds face Zach Wheeler and the Mets today in New York. Uh, weather's going to be good for this one, which is good considering <laughs> some of the rain on the weekend. Uh, but looking oh, yeah. ahead here, you got Vado, obviously at the top of the lineup, Suarez, Winker, uh, and Puig that one through four over there. There's certainly opportunity there, although we or did pitch well last time. And we also have to talk about the trend of Jeff McNeil, who's taken over that leadoff spot for Brandon Nimmo. But I like Nimmo tonight against Tanner Rourke. That's another one of these one-off guys where I feel like he's got a high floor, uh, a guy who gets on base a lot, a guy who can, you know, just win these cash games lineups, just give me enough points that he's going to keep me competitive and not give me a zero. And I think Nimmo is one of those kind of guys, especially at that. You also got Todd Frazier who came back over the weekend too. Uh, but McNeil's the guy at the top of the lineup, which is funny because I just did that fan tracks piece, what, like two weeks ago? Yeah. Hearing him to young Matt Carpenter, yeah. I got the side-by-side swing analysis. It's frightening how much they look like the same hitter outside of the little bit more open stance in the beginning. But once they finish through, they look like the same guy. And McNeil, I think, will grow into power a little bit over his career. But him at the top of that lineup right now, I mean, if he has success there, he's going to stick. I love it. As a season-long owner uh, in a few spots, actually, I'm, I'm a fan, man. He gets on base. He makes contact. It's a great comparison by you. You're all over it, and now he's leading off for the Mets. I think this is a sneaky, sneaky stack, and I say that because you look at other team implied totals like Boston, 4-9. We talk about Washington, 4-6. We haven't even got to Atlanta and Houston who are flirting with fives. I think this is a sneaky, underrated Mets And a stack. lot of familiarity with Rourke, too, over the years. Absolutely. And if you look at Rourke, I mean, last year, 24 home runs. The year before that, 23 home runs. If you look at, at just some of the numbers this season, he's getting hit hard, 43% hard hit rate, a 33% fly ball rate. He's typically a fly ball pitcher anyways. So this game is not in Cincy, but it's still in New York. The wind is blowing out to left right now. I like some of these fly ball hitters. I love McNeil at top. I know Alonzo is, is expensive. Fly ball hitter, obviously he's shown that so far in his career. Conforto as well. Fraser's another guy who checks in pretty cheap. You mentioned Nimmo. So I think this Mets stack is not only affordable, it's, it's a sneaky one. 
Well, yeah, the, I mean, Pete Alonso's <laughs> just having just a tremendous season. So oh, far. my really- goodness. What a start. I would never have imagined, Joe. I, I thought maybe a couple bombs here and there, struggle at the plate, strikeouts, maybe defensively, but he's been I was very bullish much more than you can ask. As, as I called him, the young Paul Canerco. I, I, just, I, I was very bullish on him because I, I thought when you, whenever you have a 3-4-5 slash, that's an elite player. I don't care what level you're doing it in. And he was doing it at AAA last year. I don't care if the ballpark was helpful, whatever. Three, four, five is three, four, five. And I mean, 300, 400, 500 slugging. So, you know, anybody who could do that or come close to that, that's an elite level player. And Alonzo hitting two, I think he's benefited a lot from having Cano in that lineup. I know Cano hasn't been sure, great, yeah. but it's very, this is why it's important to have veteran presence in lineups. Agreed. A couple of weeks ago with the Indians and now we're talking it again, you know, with the Mets and part of the reason for Alonzo's success, is he's hitting in front of Robbie Cano. And that is, a good job by Van Wagenen to bring him in in the offseason. All right, Nick Marjavikas, the lefty, takes on Mike Soroka and the Braves in Atlanta. What's your beat on this one? Because I don't have one on this game. You know, I do like Soroka. If, if I'm looking for a mid-level pitcher to, to target, he's very interesting. It's a small sample size, but he's allowed one or zero runs in five of his seven starts dating back to last year. Obviously, still a rookie, much like a lot of these young rookies, especially in Atlanta's rotation, struggling with walks. Uh, Tatis Jr. is not going to play today. It looks like that's going to be maybe a lengthy injury yeah. for him, unfortunately. Um, he's been good, but he's, he's also, you know, had some Does that mean that Kinsler goes up to the top of that lineup? Um, yeah, See, that's that's what I'm it, guessing. It's him or Margot, but I don't know. I think Kinsler probably gets the nod at the top. Yeah, probably. You're right. I mean, Kinsler had lost that spot, and it was Margot for a little bit. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Margot. Um, you know, either or, it, it's, it's a Keep down- an eye on that tonight because yeah. both those guys are cheap. And, it, you know, I'm just saying it's, it's one of those lineup builders where you're trying to get squeeze guys in. You're trying to, you know – if you're trying to get Erod and Verlander in the same lineup there, you're going to have to find some value somewhere. And I don't yeah. love Kinsler or Margot necessarily. No. But at the no. top of the order, eh, The thing, I, you know, about. I'm just going to – Atlanta just hits lefties so, so well that, you know, they got the highest team applied total of the day at 5.1. Albies had two home runs yesterday. You know he's going to lead off against a lefty. We already know that Ronald Acuna Jr. and Josh Donaldson, Marquecas, we already know they hit lefties so well. So I think there's an opportunity for Soroko to maybe to get – get a W and right now the Padres are striking out the second most in baseball. So maybe he can rack up a few K's as well. So I think it's, I, I lean that side of Atlanta, maybe some of their bats. And if you're looking for just a, a value pitcher, I think Soroka's the guy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think if you're looking for the mid tier, he's now, w- would that be your eight K pairing? Would it be Soroka and Kenta Maeda tonight? Like to me, that's yeah, the one that makes those the most the, sense. Yeah. Like, Kenta Maeda is nine, seven. I mean, he's <laughs> He's no discount. No, he's not. You know, and, and that's the thing. I keep looking at it and I go, well, hell, if I'm going to spend, I want to spend for more of a sure thing. I like Soroka as much as the next person. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, if I'm going to go up to the board, man, let me just go up there and go get it. If you're a DraftKings player, yeah, I agree with you, Joe, 100%. FanDuel, it's a little different. That's yeah. A FanDuel, it's tough. Like, Soroko is 9-2. Corbin's 9-7. Rodriguez is 8-5. Like, you're not going to spend yeah, 9 but then you got, yeah, Soroko. But, you can spend 8-5 for Rodriguez. And exactly. And Kids of My is 8-9. So, I yeah. mean, looking at the, the difference between those, it's, it's I don't maybe know. You, it, maybe you fade him on FanDuel and you play him on DK. If you're, uh, I can, I can live with that. All right, let's keep going here. We <laughs> talked about Verlander before against Odorizzi. Uh, and I, do, you know, sometimes we even talk about the opportunity to go opposite here and go a little contrarian and go with the other side of a game. I'm not going there with Odorizzi, not against this lineup, not against Houston, no. not no. doing it. So just, just hard pass for me. Uh, look, the, the bats are expensive with Houston tonight. So it's kind of tough to get in there. The cheapest one is guess who 
our boy Carlos Correa still, the yeah, one that you want anyway. Um, yeah. And, and look, I know Yuli Gariel is 2.1. I don't love him, but I understand uh, him and Tyler White. I get it, you know, because like we keep talking about you need to save money somewhere. Um, any of those two guys at the bottom there, Guriel or White, enter into it at 2.1 and 2.2 respectively. Yeah, definitely. Why not? I mean, even I know it's 3.8 for Torinos. I mean, he went yard yesterday, but he's I think his average is like the fourth best among catchers with 60 at-bats. So this is it's an opportunity. You're right. You, you're saying, should you avoid this great offense against Odorizzi? It's so dangerous to do that. But if you're going to play tournaments, why not get a couple of those guys in there, you know, who people are not going to think about. And if they do get on base, like Brantley and Correa, Reddick, it's just unbelievable well, that's what last you, 10 if days. If you're playing like Guriel and White, yeah. you could probably get up there and figure out a way to get Yelich in there at home. And, yeah, and- exactly. Those guys go off and you're, and you're on your way for sure. I mean, Odorizzi is a, he's a fly ball pitcher who just gives up home run after home run. Yeah, and and wait now, looking at it, you know, because uh, you know, just going through all the, uh, in terms of looking ahead and and things like that here, looking at Freeland, this is another guy too where we like Kyle Freeland as a pitcher. I just don't like him in no. this ballpark going in Milwaukee with the how good that offense has been. Right, and, and look, I want to point out too with the Yelich back issue. I mean, do we have? I don't know if we've gotten firm. Have we have firm notice on on that yet? As of right now, as this recording, I don't. No, I don't. We we don't know much about you know what's going on with the back. I know he he left yesterday, but um, I'm seeing he's he's maybe unlikely to return to the lineup. Tonight, so he's probably so. out of the lineup today, which is <clears throat> actually in a lot of ways I think. Does that like make you like Freeland more? Or? No, it doesn't make me like Freeland more, but it makes me actually kind of a little bit more interested in even the rest of the Milwaukee guys, only because then everybody mm-hmm. kind of changes spots again. We just talked about how when a guy's out, how that manipulates a lineup. We just talked about that with San Diego, not talking about it with Milwaukee too. I mean, it means Grandal in the, in the four, maybe Aguilar is forced back into that lineup, but things like that. So there's things you don't like about it, but I don't know. I mean, is it, does it from an ownership standpoint, at least make you a little bit more intrigued where people go, Oh no, Yelich in the lineup tonight. And I'm a little, and Freeland's on the mound. Whereas all of a sudden the ownership might dip a little bit than what it would have been had Yelich been healthy and in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I mean, their team implied total might drop down a little bit. And, you know, you look at that lineup, there's some guys who can really hit lefties. So, I mean, I wouldn't avoid them all together. I know Freeland does a good job of keeping the ball on the ground. But, I mean, Kane is, is one of the better hitters in the league against lefties. Ryan Braun has had some struggles this season, but he's got some upside. Grandall has been really good. Yeah, Aguilar is – you know, if I'm going to attack this – from like a Kachurian low owned side of Aguilar and Shaw Mustakis. I know Aguilar is really, I mean, I think he only played once last week, Joe. Thames is getting in that lineup. I'm not yeah. sure he'll get in the lineup mm-hmm. against a lefty tonight, but he could. So, yeah, maybe, maybe you, you attack. Aguilar's I'm more interested on Colorado's okay. side, to be honest. I don't, I'm not. I am too. And Daniel Murphy is still just 3K on yeah. FanDuel, which I don't understand. Oh, like, again, goodness. we talk about the slow burn of guys coming back from injury on FanDuel. And just continues to be a trend here. You got him at three. And uh, on the line star app today, one of the favorite outfielders in terms of return on investment is Ian Desmond at 2.3. Love so that call by guys. them. And, and so, uh, again, if you don't have the line star app, you should. And if you have it, you should upgrade to the premium product because the breakdown of Ian Desmond today on the return on investment outfielders. And this goes on the DraftKings and the FanDuel side. He's high up on both. He's in the top three, I believe, in both. And that's because of the power-speed combination. It's because of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because of the pitching matchup and because of the price. I mean, everything is there. Why not take a shot on Desmond tonight? 
Yeah, no, I think that's a great call by uh, Line Star for sure. They're all over it. Somebody who has struggled and has the potential to, on any given day with that lineup, to to have a huge night for you. Yeah, Murphy was what two two heading into the weekend. He's got a home run in back to back games. So yeah, I don't, I just whatever. <laughs> like I just, I don't get. I Free mean, square. we talked about it before, and it's like you know, it's it's climbing. Yeah, but I mean, it's in Milwaukee. It should be climbing well into the mid threes by now, and it's not. Yeah, it's absolutely. a three flat, and that's crazy. Uh, it's almost, it's almost like the stock market thing where you just can't believe, like, just buy Google. What's wrong with you people? Just buy it. Can't you see how it's going to change everything? Yeah. Uh, all right. John Means and the Orioles take on Manny Banuelos, uh, and the White Sox here today. Um, yeah, lefty, lefty. Yeah, lefty, here? lefty matchup too. And, and that just makes me say Trey Mancini, uh, and it makes me look at Jose Abreu and you got to pay for Abreu, but still there's, those are the two big right yeah, Abreu yeah. is straight up feeling it. And you know what? I'll put Beef Castillo in there too. I think Wellington in terms of catcher uh, is a guy that is is respectable investment on catcher tonight because I think that there's opportunity there for him. He's at home. The uh, price is pretty good. So to me, and, and the app agrees with me also in terms of the optimizer, he is the most cost-efficient catcher in terms of return on investment value and projection tonight. And uh, he's my catcher tonight. That's what I'm rolling with. I'm rolling with the Beef Castillo. I like it. You know, Linestar's all over it. Listen, Baltimore, 71 home runs allowed. 71. Is that all? The next closest team is at you know what? That's only five more than Christian Yelich has this year. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing to me. 71 home runs, and, and St. Louis checks in at, at number two with 51 home runs. I mean, they're, they're starting pitching staff alone. I know Means has been, you know, their best pitcher, but, I mean, their starting pitchers have allowed 37 home runs, and that's the most in baseball. And you go look at their bullpen, and their bullpen has allowed 34 home runs. That's the most in baseball, like ERA pushing seven. So, I mean, if you can get some of these White Sox bats and just continue with the trend. I know Means has been a, he's been a popular pickup you know, over the last 24 hours because he's got two starts this week. He faces the White Sox again. Uh, you know, he had a pretty good showing against him. Only went five innings with six Ks. But this opportunity, again, for just a team to beat up on this pitching staff. All right, you got Ryan Stanek and Brad Keller going head-to-head in Kansas City, taking on the Rays. Uh, you know, look, the Rays are a good baseball team, you know, and, and this is another one where you look at it and you see low fam, Choi, Yanny Diaz, all these guys kind of in play, even Navasel potentially in play too. I don't like uh, I'm not a big Kiermaier guy. I just I can't get there. No, um, I know you've been right on Zanino a couple times this year, and you've gotten them randomly. Yeah, you've gotten the random home run from Zanino, but that's the problem too. Yeah. Um, and on the other side of it too, it's you're not getting a discount on any of the guys that you want in the Royals lineup. So you've got to basically be committed to this as a stack. I like it. The problem is you've got to be using one of these lesser pitchers. I don't think you can go with the stack here on either side really and get away with it from the Verlander Corbin kind of pricing. I just don't see that happening. I can't really squeeze it in. So I don't know anybody else's. Yeah, no, I, Dozier I love, but it's, he's gotten to the point now where he's, he's really he's four, expensive. Four on Fandle. Yeah. yeah he's, just for, for perspective, he's four, four and Daniel Murphy's three. It's unbelievable. That is, right? Okay. He's, just there's your perspective of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it, it, sometimes I don't know what that is. I know he's hot and he's been really good this season and you know, he missed some time. He came back to the weekend series against the angels. I think he had a four for five game. He had a really good showing. He didn't go yard, but he had a great weekend and, and he's, he's, he's buzzy. He's trendy. A lot of people are talking. Well, maybe that's it. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, that's, that's a crazy 
difference in terms of pricing and players that we're talking about between him and, and Murphy. But I agree with you on the Tampa side of things. It's, it's really hard to, to afford these guys and then spend up on pitching. Maybe if you want, if you do end up with Maeda or Soroko or whatever site you play and you do spend down somehow on pitching, maybe, but it's, um, I don't recommend it. Andy Diaz has been, he's been so good um, this season. He has. He yeah, has. he's got seven home runs on base percentage, almost 400, slugging 600. He's been, been really good this year, but um, it's a stack you got to spend up on. All right, last one. Kenta Maeda against Jeff Samarja. I do like Maeda tonight. If you really don't want to pay and you can't stomach going all the way to the top for Verlander, uh, Maeda I think is a pretty good uh, change over there. Uh, I love Muncie in this one against Samarja. And Justin Turner, uh, 3.3 for Turner. I love that that pricing. And Max Muncie, 3.1. I'll take the guys there and, and take my chances. I'll take the corner boys. There's my other duo of the night, the dynamic duo of Muncie and Turner and Maeda. That's my threesome there, my trio, if you want to put them together there. Um, I just, you know, we just don't love that San Francisco lineup and with good reason. I mean, I know they're in San Francisco tonight. I just don't care. <laughs> no, they can't do they can't do anything yeah they're just yeah they just can't get anything done we joked about Bumgarner being their best bat in the lineup I think on Friday night and these Dodgers I know that they're playing in San Fran and maybe that's why they're cheap but they were cheap on the weekend against Pittsburgh too and, and I know were. yeah it's really it's weird to me I know Ballinger is it's just he's just been off the charts unbelievable I get it he'll be 6-5 by the end of next week <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Eager and Turner and Pollock. I mean, you threw out Muncie, who had a good weekend. These guys are all four and below on DK. And to me, it's like, am I on the FanDuel page or the DraftKings page? And because usually that's the price I'd see for them on FanDuel, in which they all are, right? They're even cheaper on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pollock in the middle of that lineup at three thousand. Yeah, he's been quiet. He does give up runs. too, and I think that's I think the zeros are what's killing Pollock's value. I really do. So yeah, that's where I look at. All right, so to recap, here we go tonight. Uh, we're looking at the cash games, hardcore. We're really paying up for Verlander. We're happy with that. If you want to go with Wheeler, that's fine too. We're kind of eh on Corbin against that uh, that lineup of St. Louis who hits uh, lefties well. Uh, if you do want to go down to the secondary pitchers, it's Maeda or Eduardo Rodriguez, who's been very good at home. Don't forget those splits. And we're talking about duos, a couple of those cheap duos we talked about. Washington Nationals, a couple duos there with Keyboom and Dozier at the bottom of the order, Muncie and Turner, and a few other ones in between. Daniel Murphy's a great savings tonight as well. All right, it's time to call our shot, and I'm going to go with our boy Daniel Murphy in Milwaukee against Zach Davies. Calling my shot, dinger for Daniel Murphy. Who you got? I like it. That'll be three games in a row for Daniel Murphy. I'm going to stay in the same game. I think there's going to be some home runs in the game. I'm going to go with Charlie Blackman. I I think we're going to get a leadoff home run there. Again, let's pick on Davies today. It's easy to go the other way and pick on Odorizzi, but I think, you know, maybe we'll get some guys low owned in Colorado. That'd be nice. All right. That'll do it for us. Make sure you download the Line Star app and follow us on Twitter at Line Star app and Line Star MLB. You can also follow me and Chris at Chris Median at Joe Pisa, Pia 17. That'll do it for us today. There's nothing left to do except step out of the on-deck circle and into the batter's box and go yard. We'll see you next time, kids. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pisa, Pia, and Chris Meany.